Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where I am joined by Shane Mowry, the Bone Maniac, and Jim Hoffman from Hoffman Boots. We talk about all things feet. I am a firm believer that if you prioritize your feet, you will last longer on the mountain, you'll last longer in the tree stand, you'll be more comfortable, ultimately resulting in more success. So we talk about how to select boots, what to look for in boots, how your boots should fit, how you should take care of your boots. But we also talk about just some general practices on the mountain to take care of your feet. That way you stay more comfortable, you can stay longer, and ultimately be more successful. Guys, I hope that you enjoy this episode. As always, it's brought to you by our phenomenal friends over at Scentlock, which I must add that if we're talking feet, you've got to talk about Scentlock's merino wool socks. You pair those with a good pair of boots and your feet will be more comfortable. Go check out Scentlock and their sock line. Guys, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Guys, there's one fabric that if you're not wearing, you absolutely should be. It's a magic fabric. It changes everything about the way you layer, everything about the way you dress, everything about the way you hunt, and that is merino wool. I couldn't even begin to tell you all of the benefits of merino wool, and I'm going to miss some for sure. But guys, whether it's summer or whether it's winter, uh, this is going to keep you cool in the in the summer. It's moisture wicking. It's going to pull the moisture away from your body, but it's also going to hold your heat in the winter. It is antimicrobial. It doesn't smell. It doesn't hold scent like other fabrics does. So if you're out on a five-day hunt, you don't have access to a washer, this is not going to hold your scent. It's not going to to get stinky and nasty. Um, it's also uh, quick drying. Um, you can hang this up in your tent. You can hang it up uh, on a clothesline. It's going to dry really quick. But the coolest part about Merino, in my opinion, is that when it gets wet, it still maintains it still maintains its warmth properties. So if there's a light rain or a snow and this gets wet, it's still going to keep me warm. There's no itch. There's It's, it's non-allergenic. It's an amazing, an amazing fabric. Minus 33. I stumbled upon minus 33 by accident i was on backcountry.com and they were having a blowout sale i needed some new merino for a hunt that was coming up and so i i dove in i bought it and when i got it it was the softest best merino i have ever felt in my entire life i've not worn anything but minus 33 socks for everyday life whether i'm hunting hiking or just you know out for the day i haven't worn anything but minus 33 socks in over a year and a half Every single day I'm wearing their underwear. 
every single time I'm out hunting, whether it's a hundred or whether it's five, I'm wearing some sort of beanie to cover up my chrome dome and to keep that covered up and warm uh, or cool, whether if it's in the summer. But also, um, that UV protectant, I like to wear it in the summer. Um, guys, minus 33 does Merino, in my opinion, better than anybody else does it. Go check out minus 33 for all your Merino wool. And if you haven't ever tried Merino, guys, you are missing out. It will change the way you layer. It will change the way you hunt. Go check out Merino wool and go check out minus 33. Well, I, uh, so I was just telling, I was just telling Shane, the, the first time I met Jim, I was walking, uh, we were at Western Hunt Expo uh, there in Salt Lake and I was walking by the, the booth and I, I see this glaring face at me from the backdrop of the booth and I'm like, good Lord, look at that guy right there. I said that he's got a great beard, but man, you should have picked somebody better looking. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, always a I think, <laughs> I think I took a picture of it and sent it to you, didn't I? And said, you man, did. they should have found you somebody did. better. <laughs> <laughs> you did do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to give you a little bit of a hard time. <laughs> Find a good Idaho model. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, everybody's ganging up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, no, I'm excited. Um, the first Western hunt I ever went on was in Idaho. Um, Should have picked somewhere easier, but um, it was in Idaho. And, man, I'll tell you, you know, being a, a Midwestern guy, man, I just ran to Cabela's, and I bought a, a said name of boot. And it was just a cheap, you know, on sale for like $80 boot. And, uh my feet were beat up. Like it was miserable. I was like, these suck. And, um, you know, it was, it was then I took a deep dive into boots and I just figured out, man, if you don't take care of your feet, you're probably going to fail. Um, and so I just wanted to have you guys on talk about boots in general, um, what you look for in a boot, um, how to break in boots, how to take care of boots, um, you know, general feet tips, you know, in the mountains of how to take care of your feet and, uh, you know, how to prioritize your feet. Because if, if, again, if you don't take care of your feet, you're probably going to fail. And that, that goes into any type of hunting. You know, if you're sitting in a tree stand and it's five degrees, if your feet get cold, well, you get cold. Um, so no matter what you're hunting or where you're hunting, feet need to be a priority. So, um, Jim, let's just start at the very, the very beginning. Um, what, what do you tell people when they're, when they're looking for boots, what do you tell them to look for in a boot? Well, the main thing I, when I, when I talk to a customer is, you know, a lot of guys want a boot that does everything. And boy, if I had that boot, I, I would be, uh, I'd be a millionaire by now, by golly. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a, you, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to a guy, I basically want to find out, okay, let's try to get 80% of and it's in what conditions, you know, there's always going to be the extremes. There's going to be the days that are real warm. There's going to be the days that are real cold. But what is your, I guess I'd say, go-to season? What are your norm temperature ranges? You know, if you're not, if you're hunting in October in Idaho, um, I don't wear an insulated boot. I, I, I adjust my sock to that. Um, unless I'm getting into later November or December, more of my whitetail hunts or things like that. So um, then I look more to an insulated boot. So I try to find out what, 
what temperature ranges that guy's going to be in for the norm, not the exceptions. Um, and then, and then try to gear a boot towards that need. Um, you know, I personally, I prefer the boot six inch boot for most of my hunting, just because a lot of Creek crossings and things like that, that you're in, um, Again, that's a personal preference. A lot of guys just like that six-inch boot. It's a little bit lighter, uh, a little less cumbersome on the feet. Um, but, you know, starting off, that's that's the main thing I want to find out is what conditions they're going to be in, um, their tolerance for colds. You know, if guys tells me I get cold all the time, well, then, yeah, that's a different scenario. Then, yeah, it doesn't hurt to go to a little bit of insulation in your boot. But, um yeah, I mean, it's just trying to kind of find out, you know, a lot of guys are going to have one boot and that's it for hunting. They can't afford to have the two or three different style, you know, or different types of boots. And so it's trying to narrow it down, I guess, to uh, their conditions, their tolerances for coals and, and their conditions what they're hunting in. Now, I'm, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts, Shane, but pretty much everybody I've ever talked to is like, just stay away from insulation. Because talking Western boots, if you will, um, you know, I mean, if you're sitting in a tree stand, yeah, you know, you probably want insulation, but um, just do the nature of the hunt. I mean, you're moving around, even if it's, you know, 20 degrees, you're going to be moving enough and generating enough body heat that your feet should stay relatively warm, especially with a good pair of socks on. Um, Shane, have you, I mean, do you pretty much always run non-insulated? Oh, 100%. And Jim, Jim's absolutely right. Um, you know, it's, we're on the move out here. There's a lot of ground to cover. Um, yeah. The biggest thing that I look for is support. You know, um, you got two places in Idaho and it's straight up and straight down, right? So um, I look for that support and I, I'm with Jim on that 100%. Not until about mid-November is when I start putting on a, either a pack boot if I'm starting running hounds or if I'm whitetail hunting. Or we got some late late season hunts that's you know muzzleloader hunts or something like that. Um, so, but before then, I I'm I'm a non insulated kind of guy um, because I'm I'm burning up. You know, I'm definitely burning yeah. up, and I uh, there's nothing worse than having a, a sweaty foot and you're it feels like you're inside of a you know I'm sure you always had on river shoes and you have that moisture up against the sock and. And, you know, it's trying to wick out and you're up against the, the, the inside of your shoe. So, um, I, uh, I prefer to not have blisters and I think that's a, a cause of having blisters, you know, is, is absolutely uh, not, not running or, you know, just being ill prepared or, or, you know, just don't have the knowledge of the food or the, of the, uh, product that you need. So, um, I don't know too many guys that run an insulated boot out west. You know, um, yeah, we're all well, the same. Same. You boot. know, I I think so many guys are just like, well, I'll get like a four hundred. That way, it's not too hot, but then it's not. Then I can get into the cold a little bit, and I'm like, that will be too hot. I mean, if it's ninety degrees outside oh, yeah. and you're running across the side of a mountain, you're gonna burn up. Um, and what yeah. I've learned, man, is you know, like last year on that elk hunt, you know, there were a couple mornings it was twenty degrees. And if you have sure. a good pair of merinos on and, and you know, a, a nice, a nice boot, your feet will still stay perfectly warm. Um, you know, I found last year, like I said, it was 20 degrees. And by the time you get to the top of the mountain, you still want to unlace your boots and let your feet breathe because they've gotten hot on the way up there. Like, you know, most guys will never hunt cold enough 
unless like you said, you're, you know, you're running hounds and there's seven feet of snow, but at that point you're going to go away from your, your mountain boot and put on your, your pack boots. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I do want to go back like my dad my dad was asking me, well, dude, I need a good pair of boots. And you know, he's, he's almost 60 years old and he's diabetic. And so his feet get freezing cold. And so, you know, he has to have an insulated boot. Um, no matter what, I mean, even if he's running and gunning, his feet are cold. And so, um, you know, I think with a guy like that, absolutely. You go to an insulated boot, but, um, I just think that, um, for the, for the, for the general guy, you know, if you're going to buy a one pair of boot, do all boot, um, then don't get an insulated pair of boots. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless your season, you know, if you're, if your main hunting season is November or, or like you say, if you're going to be a tree stand hunter or, or sit in glass for hours, you know, if that's your style of hunting, that's different. But the guys yeah. that are out there getting after it. Definitely the insulation I, I don't think is the, the way to go. If you're looking for that do all one boot. So Shane, you mentioned something I want to talk about. You mentioned support and, there's been kind of this new rave um, of dudes just wearing like fast, lightweight tennis shoes um, in the mountains. Like, you know, I went on that hunt with Waylon. Uh, they're from Ace Outfitters last year. And, you know, dude was wearing tennis shoes like, you know, a six tennis shoes. I don't know what kind of shoes they were, but dude, was he from the east? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, no, I don't I, really, though. I was just like. He was just like, man, they're faster, they're lighter, they dry quicker. Um, I don't really want run boots anymore. So what are you looking for as far as stiffness, support? Like, I mean, I know Jim mentioned a six inch boot. Do you go higher, lower, you know, for, for, for that guy. And, you know, we're going to assume that most general guys like Jim has already alluded to, they, they can only afford one really good pair of boots. So if that's the case, you know, what are you looking for as far as, as stability and stiffness and ankle support and all that, all that stuff? You know, um, you know, I've, I've always liked comfort over anything. And I felt like, you know, um, that is a key, that's key for me. It's key. And I think for any type of Western hunt, that's key. And I think a lot of, a lot of folks overthink a lot of things when they come to products. Um, and I try not to do that just products in general for hunting. Um, and I've, I've tried everything out there prior to, uh, joining up with Jim with Hoffman boots. And the one thing that I have said with everybody that I talked to about with Hoffman boots, when you put and you, you got your boots there a few weeks ago, when you put your feet in those boots, they feel like they're already broken. For me, yeah. I feel like when I lace I have the support that I need from the way the boots or the lace structure is. Um, that's the support that I like. Um, I've had other yeah. boots. There's, we can name several out there, but they're very stiff. And for me to get a sure foot, um, especially with the rocks, I mean, there's no shortage of rocks here. So um, anything in the PNW for that matter, um, to get a sure foot, I like to be able to feel what's on the ground, you know? So um, that's key for me. Um, and, and I think that's the, that's the difference between that I think, uh, with Hoffman boots than the other competitors that's out there. Um, I feel like that boot is already, the comfort is there. It's, it's already had its, you know, a hundred mile walk in. <laughs> that's, I mean, <clears throat> that's just yeah. how I, 
uh, with the boat, you know? Yeah. So Jim, what do you tell people? Like, cause most guys, when they try boots on, like when I tried your boots on, I was in the middle of the expo. Uh, but most guys are going to be in the store, in the shop. Um, you know, they don't have a mountain. They can go climb real quick to see if they're comfortable. Um, so what are you telling yeah. a guy to look for the moment you try them on? Like if they're in your store, what, what are the questions you walk through? So they know if those are you know going to be a good fit for them. Yeah. Well, to me, the biggest thing on these mountaineering boots is when you're putting them on, like Shane said, there should be a comfort factor there. You should not have to feel like you have to break that boot in. Um, to me, that's not a good recipe to start with. I, I mean, there's going to be some stiffness there, yes, but there should be an overall comfort off the bat. The other, the, the biggest component I'm looking for is the length of the boot on the foot. And the best way I have found to do that, and I don't know, uh, most guys that I have fitted up, I do this with, no matter if they tell me the boot fits great or not, I'll pull that insole out of the boot and have them stand on that insole because that gives me a picture of what's going on inside the boot. That insole is going to butt up against the back of the heel and the toe box. So it's, it's kind of a blueprint of what's happening inside that boot. So unfortunately, many of the guys that I do fit up are over the phone. You know, they're not in my store. We, you know, we have a, a good walk in traffic here, but I'd say still 90% of the guys are, are boots that we're shipping out. So when they're, when we're having that conversation, that's what I do is I tell them, okay, let's pull that insole out, stand up on that insole, put your heel on that heel cup and tell me how much room's on the end of that boot or into that insole from your toe to the end of the insole. I like to say, put a thumb whisk down. So if you bend over and put your thumb from the tip of the insole to where your longest toe is, that's about the appropriate fit. Should be a good half inch there. A lot of guys want to fit their boots too short. You know, they like that good, real snug, snug fit. And boy, pretty soon they're going down the, you know, down a steep hill, whatnot. Their toes pecking the end of that boot. Yeah. So you've got to give yourself that room in the toe box. And that's one thing when we developed this boot um, was the toe box. We wanted to make sure that we had an adequate room in the toe box. So many European boots really want to taper the toe box in. And it almost gets that uh, fit feel of your toes being crunched together. And that's just the way a lot of them are, are shaped. And so that's one thing we really went after is putting a nice toe box into our boot so you don't have that feeling of getting your toes, you know, forced on top of each other. But the biggest thing for me is overall length. You've got to make sure that length is, you know, and a lot of times even a leather boot, when it gets wet and dry, wet and dry, over time, it will contrast just a bit. And your foot actually works forward just a bit into these mountaineering boots. So it's really important to have that length at the end of your boot. That's, that's the biggest thing for me anyway. So you tell guys about a half inch in front of the, in front of the longest toe. No less than a half inch. I, I again. I just I use my thumb. I just put a thumb down right at the tip of the insole, and their toe should be on the other side of my thumb. So about a thumb width. That's where I like to see a guy's boot. So, so before we move on to just you know kind of general uh, feet care in the mountains, um, if a guy can, Shane, a guy calls you and says, you know, dude, I need five pair of boots. Doesn't matter. Like I want to build a full system. What kind of system do you run? Um, 
as far as, you know, early season to late season, if a guy can say, Hey, you know, money's no object. I'm going to buy as many boots as I can. What's your full kind of system of boots there? We're going to sell him one of everything, aren't we, Jim? (laughs) 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 In all honesty, uh, I have three favorite boots that I run all year long. Okay. Uh, Run my six inch and um, I'm really liking that new Rhino, Um, you know, and I have all the boots, but, um, you know, here's my, here's my process of what I do. The six inch and the summits, that's my everyday boot. Um, I wear them all the time. You know, that's, that's what I like to wear. Um, Now for early season, you know, safe early season from August into the first of October, I'm normally running the Rhinos or the uh, the six inch Explorer. The reason I like the Rhinos is we got a lot of deadfall here, and those things are absolutely bulletproof. Um, you know, there's, I mean, I I don't know. I, I could probably run over them with a D5 on the track and not hurt them. You know, so um, going over the deadfall and the rocks and things like that, uh, it's virtually scuff proof. You know, as far as that's concerned. So um, I like yeah. running those. They are they are just a touch heavier than the the regular um, six inch explorers, but I don't mind that. You know, I don't mind that at all. Um, and then um, the only time I run an eight inch boot uh, is usually um, if I know that there's forecast or snow in the forecast around elk season, I'll throw in or I'll throw the eight inch boot in um, and just have that just in case. You know, we do run into some snow up on the timber. Uh, that's the only time I usually run the eight inch, but when it hits November, I usually have my packs on. Um, that's those are the the three main boats that I that I run. So one question that I get, one question that I get is the main differences, or when to run a pack boot compared to like a you know a, a big muck boot. Um, I've you know I've got a pair of pack boots and. Um, Usually if I'm sitting in a freezing cold tree stand, I've got muck boots on. Um, and, but I do get that question a lot is like, why would you go a pack boot over like a big muck boot? Um, and, and you know, that's probably more of a Midwestern question rather than, well, I guess the answer will determine that, but I, you know, I, I would never wear muck boots in the mountains. Um, so why would somebody go muck boots over pack boots and vice versa? I'll go ahead and throw a couple two cents in there. Um, you know, to me, you can wear a muck boot also if you're, you know, going to go to a tree stand, whatever, that type of thing. Um, the biggest advantage of a pack boot is that you can actually cinch the boot up to your leg and, and basically get a lot more support than you are just a pull-on style boot. And with our, with like our Mountaineer boot that has that heavy nine millimeter felt in it, and the extra insulation that we build into the rubber shell itself, it's a warm boot. It's a really nice boot. And just a much, my opinion, a much more comfortable boot to wear. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it comes down to support versus a, a pull-on style boot like that. So that would be the biggest thing. If you are walking in a mile to a stand or something like that, Bingo. Um, you're just going to get a So that would be the biggest thing. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And and the uh, the soles on them are a lot better than the you know uh, the back boot. The soles are a lot better, you know, as far as slippage and yeah. you know digging 
brain. And I, I always say that the muck boots are for lazy people. <laughs> you're you're a hundred percent right. Like, I mean, that's a mean way of saying it, <laughs> but you're a hundred percent right. Like, I tell people, <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, listen, if you have any kind of walking to do, you want to go pack boot. Like if, you know, even if I'm looking at the Kaimichi mountains in, in Oklahoma and I'm going, you know, a mile to a bear stand, I still have elevation that I have to go up and down and over rocks and boulders. But then when I get there, I'm going to sit for five hours and be freezing cold. I'm going to wear a, a, a pack boot. But if I'm walking, you know, 200 yards from my truck to a stand in Kansas, yeah, I'm going to wear the muck boots because I don't have to worry about, you know, walking. I, you know, I'm worried about more muddy sludge through the wheat field than I am anything so that's kind of what i tell people is like if you're gonna be walking at all go with a pack boot but if you're gonna be you know just riding your four-wheeler to a stand to to sit wear a, a, a muck boot i've uh in my experience i've never had on a muck style boot that kept my feet as warm as what a uh, a felt line pack boot would be yeah yeah, I, don't, yeah, I think yeah. the biggest thing Never. for me Thanks. is, you know, I I can put on four pairs of socks and, you know, throw some stinking hot hands in there or something, you know? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if, but you know, that's the other for your, thing with your a, lazy with, hunters. <laughs> yeah. The other thing <laughs> style boot, too, is that, you know, if you do get to the, the point where you are perspiring, there's not a whole lot of areas for that perspiration to go to. You That's get that right. clammy feet boots. So with the nine millimeter felt, when they build those liners, they put a polypropylene inner lining inside that felt. All of our liners come that way anyway. So it does have that moisture absorbency inside the liner. So that is another nice feature as far as trying to keep feet warmer is just keeping that moisture away from it. So that's something that a muck boot will not do. Right. Yeah. Now, the only thing that I will say about a muck boot, um, and you guys can take this or leave it, you know, if I'm going to my tree stand in Kansas and I don't have a lot of walking, it's going to be easy. You know, it's flat ground across a wheat field. That rubber is not going to hold scent. So I can, you know, wipe those off with a, a, a rag, a you know, a dead down wind rag or something. And that rubber is not going to hold any scent, but leather will hold scent. Um, so that's a thing to think about. Um, when you're, you know, when you're whitetail hunting and, and you don't have to worry about walking a lot, um, that's a, a reason that I go with a muck boot because that rubber won't hold scent like leather will. Mm-hmm. Well, you make a point, but you know, there are a lot of, a lot of the muck style boots does have the fabric on them now, you know, it's hard to even get a whole, yeah. a whole, you know, pure rubber boot, you know? Um, and I have, you know, normally what I do you know, with the leather is, I don't know. There's a lot of guys that, you know, disagree with it or whatever, but I mean, I don't ever show these type of things, but on the leather and I think in it, it's Jim may even have some knowledge with this as well, but I, I mean, I put down rendered bear fat on mine. So, you know, that really? pretty much solidifies any absorbency that's coming into my leather. So, um, I put that on and also, I don't know to what degree that, and that's something, a question for Jim, um, with, with their boot dressing also. So I was actually trying to dissect some of that yesterday, Jim is like, 
comparing uh, rendered bear fat compared to your boot dressing. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know a lot about bear fat, how that, you know, how that works compared to like, uh, you know, a product that we use, you know, basically it's, you know, a product by Obanoffs that we use on all of our, our boots. It's, it's private labeled for us, but all natural type uh, elements in that dressing, there's no petroleum base. And that's one thing I really try to tell people to shy away from is anything that has a petroleum base to it, just because not necessarily on a pack boot, but any of your mountaineering boots, uh, any petroleum base is really hard on the waterproof booties. So you really got to be careful putting that on, on waterproof footwear. So, um, but yeah, bear fat. I don't know. We'll have to throw some in a can and try to sell it. I don't know. So you gotta, you gotta kill bears to have bear fat first. That's my problem. <laughs> I'm looking at this got, thing and well, I yeah. can't kill any stinking bears. <laughs> Do what? Yeah. I got plenty in the freezer. <laughs> All right, send me some so I can because I can't kill any myself. So, um, <laughs> so boot old... care. What do you what do you tell guys? How often should they treat boots? How should they treat boots? Um, you know, is it is it once a year? Is it you know? How often do you tell people to treat their boots and and what to look? How do you know that it's time to 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 recondition that leather? Yeah. To me, it's more of a feel thing. When you're feeling the leather on a boot, when you first buy a mountaineering style boot or even a pack boot, you'll feel a little bit of that oil content in the leather. You know, it's not a dry leather, so you can actually feel that. But when that starts going away, and it's pretty easy if, you, if you're if you just rubbing your thumb on that or whatnot, it kind of gets almost a scratchy feel to that leather. It's drying out. It's, you can actually visually see it. But, you know... I'm, 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 I've been a boot guy all my life and I, and I basically will, uh, I'll put, uh, you know, dressing on my boots before hunting season. I'll wear them to three months and put them on when I'm done. And I put my boots away, you know, uh, for the most part, there's a couple I wear year round, but for my taller boots or, or cold weather boots, that's what I do anyway. So twice a year is usually pretty adequate unless you're using that boot. Like Shane, he's out in the mountains darn near every day. So, um, you know that's a different case scenario you know you want to keep uh keep some more dressing on that the the biggest thing i can tell you is the number one enemy of any type of these mountaineering boots is heat you know a lot of guys at the end of the day want to put their feet by the fire or things like that and these rands that they put on these type of boots or these soles that have the pu midsoles the polyurethane midsoles Heat, heat's terrible on that stuff. You know, the, those glues are reactivated around 130 degrees. So um, all these, not just our boot, you know, all these mountaineering boots that have these rands on there, they're all put on the same way. So heat's the number one enemy of any of that stuff. And actually shrinking of the boot also will, will be caused by heat. So um, boot dryers are great, but putting them by a fire or next to a wood stove, things like that, boy, that's, that's the number one thing a guy's got to watch for on this kind of stuff. So you can ruin yeah, up I a saw, $400 pair of boots in a hurry. So yeah, I saw a picture of a guy and, um, his boots were sitting right by the, with the wood burner. And I'm like, no, no, like I'm like an inch from it. And I'm like, Oh dude, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, and you, you can typically tell, you know, when a guy will get a pair of boots back in and, and the rands come loose on them, but it's both boots and it's right in the front of the boot. 
you know, where they've had it sitting right by a fire. It's, it's pretty evident when the boot gets hot, you know, you can kind of, there's characteristics you look for in the glues when they come in and the guy, Oh, I just had them by a fire for an hour. And I'm like, well, that was like 55 minutes too long, you know? So, so, yeah. uh, you know, we can fix brands, but it's, it's, uh, it's just something a person has to watch out, especially if you're out for a week or two out hunting and not coming back in. And, you know, you got the one one or two sets of boots there and you're counting on those boots for your hunt, you know, for the full week. You don't want to screw them up when you're out there. So um, that's just something, uh, you know, guy gets back, wants to grab a beer, sit by the fire and put your feet up, you know, and they just really got to be careful for that. Yeah. I can. Good point, Jim. I, I just can't. I just can't stress the importance enough of taking care of your feet. And it's every, like it's everyday life. We went to the grand Canyon not too long ago and, and we hiked all the way to the bottom, all the way to the top. And, you know, I had my four-year-old on my back a lot of the time and, um, I get to the top and, and luckily I had bought my wife a good pair of boots before we left. And, um, but you know, we were with other people and, their feet are killing them. Their backs are hurting. They're exhausted. They're, you know, and here my little wife sits and, and this was the first time really she'd ever worn a good pair of boots. And, uh, she ran up the grand Canyon, you know, and, and just, she was like, man, this is incredible. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, people don't get how important it is to take care of your feet and the, the difference that a good quality pair of boots make. And that's why I tell everybody and, and Shane knows, I mean, I, you know, I get to go out West once, a, once a year, maybe twice a year if I get to spring bear hunt. But, um, I tell everybody the first thing that you should invest in is boots. Like if you are just now getting into Western hunting and you think, well, good Lord, I got to buy a tent and I got to buy a backpack and I got to buy boots and trekking poles and water bladders and water filtration systems and all this stuff. The very first thing that you should invest in, money into is a good quality pair of boots because if you don't take care of your feet you will fail and that's just that's how it goes man and and then then i tell them a backpack but um your feet should be a priority always oh 100 agree i mean that's if anything shuts you down out there when you're out hunting or you're out in the backwoods somewhere your feet are your feet are hurting and you you know you're done you know you're just you the rest of the body can be fine, but your feet are your feet are your uh, your foundation, you know, of everything else you do, and um, and that's when you get to that point of hiking out of that Grand Canyon area. The difference of quality of having a mountaineering boot that actually has the nylon midsoles, the support systems. You know, when you think of a boot that flexes really easy, like a tennis shoe, like you were mentioning earlier. Every time that boot flexes, your feet, every joint in your foot is flexing you know, all your ligaments, everything from your foot to your calf up to your knee. When you get these mountaineering style boots on that don't flex as easy, that actually have a proper rocker system built into these. So when you're taking that step, your foot's on that platform, that solid platform, the boot's working, the boot is flexing the way it should or rolling the way it should, but your foot's not. So you're, all that fatigue that goes into a, a shoe that flexes constantly, that pounding it takes versus a boot that's sitting on a platform where the boot's actually working and not the foot. That's the difference between a high-quality boot and a boot that's mediocre that flexes too easy. So that's what you're buying. When, you, when you're stepping up to buying a high-end mountaineering boot, 
you're buying the rocker system, you're buying the platform that's built on, the nylon midsoles they're built on, and just the overall quality of the boot versus something that's not that. So that's the step up you're taking when you get into these higher-end mountaineering boots. So what is a, A, what is a rocker system? And then B, so, you know, a lot of these boot companies have a different stiffness level. So they can go zero to five. Um, and, you know, yep. so depending on what the guy wants, he can say, I need a four or whatever. Um, where does your stiffness fall into that? Um, because you don't have the system. It's, you know, this is your boot. And I think as far as if if I'm wrong, Shane, I'm, I apologize. But I think you told me all the soles are the same in all the boots, right? Well, you got different treads, right? Right, Jim? But they're all vibrant. Yeah. They're, they're, okay, I'll, 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 I'll just answer a few questions here as we go down here. So um, the rocker system. So what the rocker system is, is when you build a boot that's stiff and, and you're not, and you're, when you're one, that boot is so stiff, your heel, as you, as you go from the heel strike to the front of the foot, your heel wants to pull up, correct? As you're walking, your heel comes right. up. So what that rocker system does is when you take that heel strike and start coming forward, it basically lifts the back of the boot up with your foot. It's just a roll feel. So like when you're walking, and you guys have got the boots, you can kind of feel almost that push from behind almost as you go forward. That's the rocker system. It, it basically enables that heel to come up with your heel as you step. If not, you get what's called heel by A lot of guys will talk about, geez, the back of my heels are killing me, you know. That's not the right rocker system. That boot, you're fighting that boot. Your heel's wanting to pull up. That boot's so stiff that it's not rocking right. So basically your heel's pulling up in that boot and you get that friction point in the back of the heel. To avoid that, that boot has to roll or rock, what they call a rocker system. It has to come up as your foot's going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what they call by the rocker system, the way that boot makes the transition from toe to heel up. And, and it should almost feel like like I say, almost someone behind you giving you a little bit of a push from behind. That's 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 that transition of that boot breaking and lifting. So that's what the that's what the rocker system is. As far as stiffness goes, all the stiffness is controlled by the nylon midsole that's inside the boot. And if I you're saying what's a nylon midsole? It's basically it looks like an insole. It runs from the heel to the toe. Uh, comes in various thicknesses, so you can control the stiffness of the boot by that. Um, you have some brands that will tout a seven mil nylon midsole, very, very stiff, very stiff nylon midsole, not a lot of flex to it. You can go down to a three or four that some other companies use, and that boot's going to have a lot more flex in it. So the higher the number, the more stiffness. So you'll start with a one and you'll end at a seven. So that's the range. When we built our nylon midsoles, we kind of went for that combination where I don't want a boot that's too stiff. Matter of fact, the first boots we built all had 7 mil nylon midsoles, the heaviest in them. I didn't like them. I kept getting that heel bite in the back because it was so stiff that I couldn't get my heel to come up with the boot. So we built the nylon midsole that has a 7 mil towards the back of it, but then transitions down to a 5. So it does have a little bit of flex in the ball of the foot. Still pl plenty of lateral stability, 
but it does have some of that flex in there. So we use that in all of our boots that we do right now. It's just, to me, it's the perfect amount of flex, yet enough uh, lateral stability and stiffness where a guy gets the support that he needs. So that's that's kind of with the nylon. That's how you get the stiffness of the boot. It's just those nylon plates that are inside the boot. So with a guy, take a guy from the Midwest. <clears throat> He's getting his first pair mm-hmm. of good mountain boots. Really, if you put on any good mountain boots, they're going to feel stiff. If you've never worn them before, if you're you know you've always worn tennis shoes and muck boots and Crocs, you know they're going to feel stiff. So how yep. does a guy know? this is going to be stiff enough and it's not going to be too stiff. Like how do they, what are they looking for to feel? Yeah. I'm when I get into the mountains, I'm going to like this. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, the hardest fitting. Everybody's different. You know, everybody, uh, (laughs) everybody has something they're looking for in a boot. You know, the, the biggest thing I tell guys is when they come into like our booths at some of our hunting shows or whatnot, you know, I, I've told many guys that I'll put on a boot. I just tell them to you know, go walk around a couple rows, you know, walk around the show a little bit and bring them back, you know. And I've, I've never had an issue with someone just taking off with them, you know, thankfully. But but that boot, when you're walking around that show, it shouldn't hurt your feet. It should feel good on, you know. And if they come back and say, you know, this really is hurting this area or this doesn't feel right, that's not the right boot. It's not going to get better when you're in the mountains. So... The best thing I can do is, you know, tell a guy, get a pair of boots, wear them around the house. If I'm shipping them to him, wear them around the house, go up and down the stairs, move around them, keep them inside because I don't want them, you know, we, we can't send out every boot, have guys wear them for a month or two and send them back. That's a pretty hard way to run a business. But, um, you know, usually it's pretty easy to tell right off the bat that stiffness of the that boot's going to feel, you know, go up and down some stairs. It's just... You know, to me, you, if you're not used to wearing a stiff boot, you want to get something that has a little bit of flex in it and not go too stiff on the nylon midsole. So, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, to just, you know, with um, what Jim was saying from that seven to five, I, I'm, you know, there's a lot of guys that get on and they'll read about the forums and things like that with boots. And I think, I think a lot of guys that don't know will read those and – there's a couple boot companies out there like they got their name from like you know rock climbing you know that's where their boots come from you know is rock climbing and stuff and they'll get that stiffness trying to get the um uh the point of their toe into a crevice or something like that you know and then automatically they they think that that's the type of boot that they need because they see that these guys is doing these extreme um packing out or what i should say a rock climbing then they'll think that and when jim what you were saying is you got the mountaineer boot which is completely two different style uh hunting boots right well because one really wasn't designed for a hunting boot and um yours is specifically designed you know for trekking these mountains not only for hunting but um to go on some of these uh trails and the terrain that we have here that's giving you the comfort that some of the other boots really they're not comfortable at all i think they have one design and purpose uh, and that was what i just mentioned you know doing some really uh extreme rock climbing and things like that where you need that that stiff footprint (laughs) yeah i just want to make note that 
you know, throughout this conversation, try on a bunch of different boots and find what works best for you. Uh, obviously Shane loves Hoffman. I have fallen in love with mine. Um, you know, Jim asked me if you got to try them out. And I said, yes, I, I go to my local, the, the dam here in my town is, is just two minutes away. And so I go every morning and walk the dam and, you know, I go up, down side hill and I found those boots to be very, very comfortable. Uh, I went out and spent, you know, six or eight hours coyote hunting and in them and, and found that they were very comfortable. Um, but not all boots are going to work the same for everybody. Your feet may just be different. They might like something different. They might be wider, narrower, longer, whatever. Um, so try on a bunch of different boots. But one of the worst things you can do, Shane mentioned, you know, a forum and, and reading forums and saying, well, everybody's saying that boot X is the best boot. Well, you might drop 500 bucks on that boot and realize this thing is garbage for me. I'm not saying it's a bad boot, but but it just doesn't work for my foot. And I fell into that. Uh, you know, the first year I told you I bought a good pair of boots. Um, I did that. I'm like, well, let's just find the best boots and let's buy them. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, everybody said these boots are great. They hurt my feet miserably. Well, they just didn't work for my feet. Um, yeah. So find what's going to work well for your foot. Find what you like. Um, and that's what you should wear. Because, again, if you're not comfortable out there, here, here's the issue. You know, I, I say if you don't take care of your feet, you're going to fail. Are you, Can you still kill animals? Yes. But there's a big difference in, man, my feet hurt. Let's go up that next ridge. And, man, my feet feel great can't wait to get to that next ridge you know um that that plays a massive difference in my feet hurt but i haven't punched my tag yet do we want to stay for a couple extra days or my feet feel great i can go on as long as we have the chance to you know um so you'll stay longer you'll go further you'll you'll be more comfortable you'll be you know if my mind is on the elk rather than on my feet I'll be more successful. So um, just think about those things and, and, and let those play into to your decision. Right. Right. Guys, I oftentimes say that I always have a binocular harness on my chest. What good is a binocular harness without a good set of binoculars? I am a sucker for fine Japanese glass. I love good optics. I love spending time behind it. Um, it's just fun. It's fun to go out and look at stuff, um, but also – Good optics make spotting and looking through them a whole lot more enjoyable. Koa Optics does it and does it better than anyone else, in my opinion. They have some of the finest Japanese glass on planet Earth. It's all I've used for the past, I don't know, eight years or so. This right here, the Koa 55, is one of the best products ever made in the history of the universe. It is the smallest, most compact scope you can get, but it still offers phenomenal glass. It's really hard to find a, a spotter that is this small, this light, this compact. You can throw it in your backpack. You can leave it in your truck. It's so small and so compact, but it still offers phenomenal glass. This is one of my favorite products ever. Guys, if you're in the market for new optics, I would highly encourage you to check out Koa Optics because they are, in my opinion, the best glass that you can buy. Go check them out. I would say I'll, I'll, I'll add to that, too, as far as um – you know, for the sportsmen's out there right now, we're we're at a time where 
there are some great boot companies out there. There are some great choices, you know, and I'll throw, you know, a, a Crispy or a, a Kinetrek or a Sneeze or a Loa. There's some really good footwear out there, but you hit it right on the head. You, you've got to try things on that are going to, you know, my boot's not going to fit everybody. I know that, and I'm good with that, but it's definitely worth trying. It is, I think, one of the better fitting boots out there. That being said, it might not work for everybody. But the good thing is, you know, we got a lot of good choices out there. And it, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, I didn't have that long. So there's a lot of companies out there now. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. This is Bear Archery's podcast. But you might prefer a different bow over Bear. And that's fine. I mean, if, if you like something better, if something shoots better for you, um, then by all means, shoot that. I mean, if, if, you know, if a pair of boots fit you better, that's fine. I mean, if a pair of clothing fits you better, that's fine. I mean, find what works best for you and that's what you should use. Um, I'll tell you my appeal to Hoffman. Um, they're smaller, um, in, in terms of company. So the quality is better in my opinion. Um, because I, you know, I told Jim this when I walked into the booth, I, I used to wear uh, another company's boots and, you know, I'd wear a 10 wide for two years and then I'd get another pair of 10 wides and they fit completely different. And I'm like, these don't even, this is not even close to the same size of boot. It's just different. It doesn't, you know? And so with Hoffman, do you work on, I mean, do you build each individual pair of boot? Not on, not the Explorer boots. Now the pack boots, all our packs and everything. Yeah. We make, we make right here in our, where the building I'm in right now, I'm out in the warehouse right now, but a little quieter in here, not so much pounding going on, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> all the packs we do here, um, our leather line boots are all Italian built. They all come out of Italy, out of a factory. All of our patterns, all of our uh, designs, are, you know, like I was mentioning the toe box, things like that, things that we incorporated into how we want that boot to perform, that's all of us, but we don't build that boot here. Um, so, but pack boots, yes. And then, of course, some of the guys out there will know us in the lineman industry, the log industry. We do a lot of that kind of footwear here also. So cool. kind of a wide variety we do, but... Uh, um, those boots, uh, I'll tell you the Europeans uh, that you get to the Italian region or the German region, there's some great footwear being built over there, you know, and that's where both basically everybody that I mentioned earlier, that's where everybody is at, you know, it has their name right. on it, but they're not building them here. I'll come here. Well, you know, and now that you said that, like, <clears throat> you know, uh, I grew up, you know, uh, you know, everybody knew Danner or, or something like that, you know, I grew up, that's what. Cause that's what my dad wore. So I put on Danners, you know, or something, but it wasn't until I got, you know, uh, in my mid twenties where I could actually afford things on my own. I'm like these things are garbage, man. They hurt my feet, you know, <laughs> you know, so you know, for the uh, old, you know, there's, there's things that, uh, you, you know, you're like, what in the hell was I doing wearing these things? I didn't know any better. You know, that's, that's what I was taught, you know, that's what my dad wore, you know, and, and being so close, you know, Danner's just, you know, a couple hours to the West of us, you know, so that's what was convenient. And then, you know, you're like, holy cow, we, we have actually a good pair of mountaineering boots. Your feet, um, know the difference. That's for sure. You know, 
you'll know from wearing garbage to wearing something that is is really good for your feet and the activity that you're doing and like you mentioned jim like you guys do a ton with the linemans and um in the logging industry and you will not find a logger out here that's wearing a pair of garbage boots i can tell you that right now he's just yeah well i wrote an article one time about the quality of boots and the the headline of the article was i i basically i had no idea how common of a thing hot spots and blizzard had 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 become in my life like (laughs) you just think well that's just how it is like that's how hunting is uh but then you get a good pair of boots and you're like this is what i've been missing like you mean to tell me my feet don't have to hurt they don't have to have blisters they don't have to have hot spots like what yeah 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 it always it always kills me when people tell me oh once i get a callus built up (laughs) then it's okay oh yeah like here <laughs> so, so you just have to suffer for however long <laughs> once i get a cast yeah i've done an investment percentage of my life savings in the moleskin yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny right there. shane what's that one what's that big what's that big foot failure you have in the mountains like the i'll tell you mine what you think of a of a good one but uh, I was in Idaho in 20, I think it was 18 and I was wearing just a, a standard, you know, buy it, buy it a Cabela's pair of boots and my feet hurt so bad, um, that we were headed into town. Um, there was a town just, it was Atlanta, Idaho, shout out to Atlanta, all 10 of you there. Um, we were <laughs> headed into Atlanta. There was a little burger joint. We could get a burger, a hot meal and, and, uh, head back out and hunt had I had a good pair of boots that were comfortable, I would have kept them on. Uh, but I was like, praise God, I get a break. So I'm going to put on my little sandals. Uh, so I threw on some, some like under armor slides to go to this mountain town to eat a burger. So we eat a burger and we're headed back and we're still like two hours from camp and we see a bear and my buddies are like, yeah, let's get out and go kill it. And I'm like, I look down at my feet and I'm wearing under armor slides and I'm like, crap and uh, so we we go for like 100 yards and then i'm like these this is not gonna work like i'm gonna either have to go barefoot or i'm not gonna kill this bear and so my little redneck arkansas self takes off the slides and i i put a stock on this bear for a mile and a half in idaho barefooted (laughs) um my feet were cut up they were bloody they were disgusting and then I get 200 yards from the bear and miss. Um, so I did all that just to miss. But I was thinking back and, and everybody's like, oh, that bear caught you with your pants down. You know, you should have had your boots with you. And I'm like, but I didn't have my boots with me because they were uncomfortable because they yeah. hurt my feet. Like had yeah. I had a good pair of boots, I would have had no problem continuing to wear those boots into town to get a burger. Um, but I didn't have them on because they hurt. Um, so that's that's my boot failure that's when i get home and i threw those boots away and i said i'm investing in good boots well yeah yeah i mean i've already said mine kind of kind of a little spoiled to that just uh of, of growing up and out here but it's uh one of those things where i just said you know the boot failure was growing up and not knowing any better um and then realizing hey i, I need to uh 
I need to spend the money and not be such a tightwad, you know, when I was 20 and figuring out or, you know, 19, 20, whatever it was, you know, um, and figuring out that you need, need good products, you know? So yeah, from there on out, you know, well, the th- not been that way. The thing with, for me is like, why spend five grand to go on a guided elk hunt and just be miserable the whole time? Like, you're going to spend five grand on an elk hunt, but you can't spend $350 on a pair of boots like that will literally last you the rest of your life. Um, that's just crazy to me. Like you spend all this money on bows and camo and you know, the hunt itself and the tags and the travel just to get there and have miserable feet. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, Oh, I agree with that. You know, I think each, each one of those, uh, each one of your products in your toolbox is, One's just as important as the other. So if your feet are failing, you're not going to be able to get that shot. You know, if your scope's failing, you're not going to be able to pull that trigger. You know, same way with with anything that you have. Um, If you don't, or or camo, I mean, even though you don't need camo, um, but the camo companies that's out there just producing the the clothing uh, keeps you warm, keeps you dry, keeps you comfortable. So, um you know, you have that, if you have that ability to be comfortable, then <laughs> it's senseless not to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So gentlemen, I ask each one of my guests, what's a hunting one-on-one field note that, that the listener can take and make themselves a better hunter with? Um, so I want to keep this kind of feet um, specific and, and how to take care of your feet or tips and tricks on the mountains. Um, you know, I know Shane mentioned moleskin. That's a, a good tip to always have a little bit with you. Um, mine I'm going to share would be Merino wool, um, socks. It pulls that moisture away from your feet. Just like Jim was talking about the problem with muck boots is that moisture has nowhere to go. So it stays on your feet. Um, if you throw a good pair of Merino on, especially in the mountains, it's going to pull that moisture away from your feet and, um, you know, not, not create hot spots and blisters as easily. So, um, when you enter, when you, when you take a good pair of boots and you put a good pair of socks underneath it, your feet will be thankful. Um, that's my tip at least. What do you guys got for us? Well, I think, I think we touched on it here too, as far as, uh, you know, if you're looking for a high end boot, try a few different on, I mean, don't, don't settle with the first, you know, don't, don't, just because Joe Blow over here has got this boot on that, and he says it's the best, that it's the best for you. That's not the case. So, um, you know, try a few boots on. Make sure the boot's comfortable to start. Don't think it's going to get magically better as you wear it. Um, to me, yeah. that's, a, that's a losing position. Um, and, you know, like you hit on, we're a smaller company, and I – there's goods and bads. That, yeah. Would you like to sell more product? Yeah. But is it nice to be able to pay attention to detail the way we do? Exactly. And yeah. uh, service that we do? I think there's a lot to be said about that also. So um, you won't see me advertising all over the place and all the, every magazine out there or everything. You know, I like, I love word of mouth growth. You know, that to me is the best. And that's the way we built our business. So um, yeah, give us a try, you know, uh, have us on the radar anyway. That's all we ask. So. Well, and that's how I knew like these boots are solid um, because it's not, you know, like you said, you're not going to see them in every magazine you look in. 
However, you know, I hear Shane raving about him. And then I was at Western and I'm walking by and uh, my friend Zach from Alaska Guy Creations is is rocking them. And I'm like, dude, do you like those? He's like, dude, oh my gosh, yes. I just got them. Uh, but they're they're phenomenal. And, and, you know, just the, I had began hearing about them more and more from people who, you know, quite frankly, they had nothing to gain from me trying them on. They just were passionate about the boots they were wearing. And, uh, and that's when I said, dude, I got to go try these. Um, so I marched myself right over to your booth and tried them on and, and it was uh, perfect. I mean, they're, they're super comfortable. Um, they're built really high quality. Um, and so I'm, I'm really glad I did, but yeah. Um, Shane, what do you got for us? And I'm going to keep it. St- <clears throat> I've tried everything else. There's a reason why I'm still wearing them. <laughs> so, <laughs> There you go. Until Jim fires me. Simple kind of man. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Then I'm like, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the old like, cheap like, boots. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you said, you can't fire the best beer in the business, man. So Yeah, that's true. You guys. That's the only reason you're still here is that beard. <laughs> <laughs> she threw that's what uh cut my that's, beard off. That. <laughs> I must have really made that. I wouldn't cut it off, then we'll have to see your face. Listen, there's a reason why I have a beard and uh the entire time really, we celebrated our tenth year anniversary there the other week and uh there's been like two times the entire time that um, that we've been together, even well, a couple several years before we got married. But um, but she's only seen me clean shaven, you know, twice, and that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, I have the huge. I mean, I I got <clears throat> the Grand Canyon for a cleft chin. Okay, so <laughs> I should say Hell's Canyon. I got Hell's Canyon for a cleft chin. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i did want to share another tip though um i am a massive fan of crocs and you know i i think anytime you go to the mountains and and just last year in idaho perfect example um you know i've got a pair of crocs strapped strapped to my backpack and um you know just for wearing around camp or uh you know you get back and and you do want to sit by the fire. Perfect example is, is sitting by a fire and you know, you don't want to throw your feet up with those boots on by a fire. Um, you'll mess your boot up, but you know, Creek crossing and, and taking a bath in the Creek and all that stuff. Um, I think do they weigh like nothing? So it's not like you're, you're strapping on a whole bunch of extra weight to your bag. Um, but to, to strap those onto your pack, they, they're super, super useful in the mountains. Ah, well, I don't know. They're too progressive for me. So they won't get any more. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, they're like Bud Light. Come on, guy. Come on. Um, I will say this. My heavily heavily Southern uh, Bible-believing Christian mother sent me a picture of an ad that Crocs put out, and she said, I better never see you wear these again. And I'm like, there you go. Okay. You got it, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Mother knows best. Um, 
no gentlemen thank you so much for coming on uh shane i do want to mention uh the podcast now uh you can watch every video episode on carbon tv which is also where the bone maniac lives so head over to carbon tv um when you get tired of looking at, at my face you can head over and watch <laughs> shane kill stuff um because he kills a lot of stuff uh shane where else can they find you at you know that's it. Uh, exclusively on only on Carbon TV uh, anymore. That's where I'll stay. So uh, we don't do too much on YouTube or anything like that. But um, you know everybody and the brothers over there. So we just keep everything exclusive. Yep. and the gang over there. So uh, we're happy. We're happy to be right there. Right on. And Jim, where can they find Hoffman Boots at? Yeah. Uh, best thing to do is go to our site you know hoffmanboots.com uh getting more and more places carrying our boots we just actually uh for the guys out west we just signed our first agreement with shields uh in missoula so they're going to start they've had enough requests for our products where they contacted us a couple weeks back even but uh a few other distributors throughout but if you ever want to know what's close to you, you can always give us a call you know or just go to our website and uh, we'd be happy to work with you. That's one thing. When you call us, you're gonna you're gonna either probably talk to uh, my, my my sisters in the office. You know, it's gonna be a family member or someone that's been here at least 15 years. They know the products very well. Very. Uh, cool. You're not getting some random doesn't know what's going on. So, um, yeah. So either way. So will that be just the shields in Missoula or all the shields? Uh, the Shields of Missoula is going to be the first place that has them. And how it kind of works is they'll be the first uh, uh, testing ground, I guess you would say. And if they do well there, they will definitely be expanding out to other locations. So, um, Very cool. Yeah, we'll see what – yeah. We, well, we tell them you want to be North in the Wichita, 40. Kansas Shields. I need to, we need good boots. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for, for coming it. on. I will. I, I actually do know somebody. Uh, my my longtime Bowtech um, just made a post saying he was shutting up shop because he was going to be the new so-and-so at the Wichita Shields. So uh, it hadn't opened yet, but I do know somebody over there. So I'm very picky about the nonprofits that I will support. Um, I look into them a lot. I don't just jump in and support anybody that says we're a nonprofit. Um I met a, a friend of mine, his name is Jim Mesh, and he runs a memorial fund, a scholarship in his brother's name, the John V. Mesh Memorial Scholarship. And what they do, they have a passion for getting kids involved in outdoors. So they host these events around the country uh, to get kids introduced to hunting, but also to raise money for their scholarship fund, which is the John V. Mesh Scholarship. And what that is, is that's a scholarship that if any student is going into a field of conservation study, they can apply for this this scholarship. And it's a substantial scholarship. That's another thing. If, if, if they say we're a nonprofit, we do all this, and then they give you know, a $1,000 scholarship, then you're like, well, where does the rest of the money go? But they give a very substantial, substantial scholarship uh, to a student every year looking to go into a conservation field of study. So guys, maybe you are a student and you're studying some, some field of conservation, I would encourage you to apply for the John V. Mesh Memorial Scholarship, but also I would encourage you, everybody, to support this nonprofit scholarship fund, uh, whether it's through a one-time donation, a monthly donation, or attending one of their events, uh, or, or buying one of the things they have on auction uh, at these events. Support 
a company that's supporting our rights as hunters by furthering our conservation efforts by supporting students who are going into a conservation field of study. Guys, go check out the John V. Mesh Memorial Scholarship at johnvmesh.org. But guys, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you learned something about boots. I hope you learned something about how to care for boots, how to find boots that work for you, uh, how to care for your feet in the mountain. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. You guys have a fantastic week.